So we're in a series called Stay. That's right, stay. Just stay. That's it. How long could that series take? I don't know. It could take a long time to stay. Waiting for the promise. Now again, I gave you some insider information last week. Waiting to go, right? Because doesn't Jesus say, we're a great commission church. I don't know if you guys know what the great commission is. Go, baptize, teach, right? But the main thing is make disciples of Jesus. So when you're, when you're a great commission church, you know what you do? You go. That's what you do. You go. But you know what? Before they went, before they were going, like a continual going, they had to wait first. And so God had impressed on my heart, hey, it's after the resurrection, but we still have, what, 50 days until the Holy Spirit fully comes, right? Until He's like all over them in Acts 2, and we're all like, what? That's amazing. So that 50-day period, there's some things in the Bible about that, and I think it could help us as we're waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And so... Flip your Bible open to Luke. I'm going to bounce around like I did last week because I feel like I'm still setting up the series. Um, Sometimes, you know, in a smaller church like this, there are people serving in children's ministry and then they're in the next week and they're like, hey, what did we do last week? So I just got to recap. A lot of visitors here, just recap just a little bit. So Luke chapter 24, if you're there, say you're there. All right, a lot of you are there. A couple of you guys... Um, it's in the New Testament, right? So Matthew, Mark, Luke, that's where we're at. At the back of Luke is chapter 24. Hopefully I am buying you some time to get to the table of contents, right? All right. Or if you have one of those friendly phones, you can just type in Luke 24. All right. Luke 24, look at verse 44. This is basically a synopsis, an overview of what happens from Jesus' resurrection until His ascension. Okay? This is, this is what happens. Then He said to them, These are My words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about Me in the law of prophets and the, uh, of, the law of Moses and the prophets and Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. So, I'm going to put this up on the uh, screen. What Jesus did between the resurrection and Pentecost, or between the resurrection and ascension, okay? This is what he did for those 40 days when he was on the earth. The first thing he did was, then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. So the Scriptures came alive. Did they have the New Testament? No, they did not, okay? They had the Old Testament, but the Old Testament is all about Jesus as well, and it started, like, different passages, like Isaiah 53. What does that mean? Who's he talking about? Jesus, suffering, dying on a cross, right? And on Easter, I gave you the little pamphlet that had all the prophecies in the Old Testament, like, that were fulfilled in Jesus, like, he just was like, hey, look at all these things. Oh, yeah, that's about me, too. Oh, yeah, that's about me, too. And he opened up their minds to see that it was talking about him. And he said to them, thus it is written, 
that the Christ should suffer and on the third day be raised from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. Every tribe, tongue, nation, everybody should hear this message. Beginning from Jerusalem, so it starts in one place and it's going to continue on. You are witnesses, that word means martyr, of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay, that's the key verse. But stay, hopefully you have that circled in your Bible. But stay, let's all say it together. But but stay, that's the series. But stay, stay right here. We'll get to this later, but you know he had to go to Galilee? Well, he told him to go to Galilee. And then he's like, you know how long a walk that is? And then he's like, hey, get back to Jerusalem. Like he was still teaching them some stuff in that 40 days. But at the end of the 40 days, he's like, you stay here in Jerusalem until the Spirit shows you what to do. But stay in the city, that's Jerusalem, until you are clothed with the power from on high. And then it goes into the ascension of Jesus Christ. And again, it's a synopsis. How do you know it's a synopsis? Luke's like a newspaper writer. Luke didn't see this. Luke just went around and interviewed everybody. And he's like, hey, what did you see? Okay. What did you see? Okay. Oh, what did you see? What, what was your experience? He went around to- and then he's like, hey, this is what I got out of all that. Out of all that, here's, here's what happened. Right? So, again, last week I told you there's two books, two volumes, Luke and... Somebody remember? Acts. Luke and Acts. So flip over to Acts. Got to go to the right a couple pages. Go all the way through John and to Acts. Is anybody wondering why do we got to go through John to get to Acts? Why don't they just put Luke and Acts together? Anybody wondering? Nobody's wondering. I just have a curious mind, I guess. I think they put them in like chronological order. Matthew and Mark were written together early, and then Luke was written, and John was the last gospel written. So I think that's why Luke and Acts aren't together. Even though one ends and starts right after. So the writer says in Acts chapter 1, In the first book, that's Luke, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up. That gets us to the ascension, right? He was taken up. Now, this next phrase has been ringing my bell. Have you ever had your bell rung? You ever been in a football game and got tackled really hard and you didn't get up for a while? You're like... (sighs) I can't breathe. It like knocks the wind out of you? Uh, A few of you. Let me try a different illustration. Hmm. You ever been a nurse and gotten puked on? That'll take the wind out of you. Remember when I had knee surgery one time and they were like, oh, you got to get up, you got to do, you know, physical therapy and 
He's like, I don't feel so good. And they're like, no, no, you got to, you got to, it's been a day. You got to get up. The anesthesia was not going nice. And uh, like, okay. So I'm like, all right, I'll try. I get up on the side of the bed and I'm looking this nurse right straight in the eyes. And I'm like, this ain't going well. And I threw up all over. You think that took her breath away? You think that rung her bell? That's what I'm talking about. We have any nurses out there? They get it now. Okay, that's like I'm going home. All right? That's like, forget about the change of clothes I'm calling in. All right, so this rung my bell. Now listen, he says it in such a way, until the day he was taken up. What's that? We call that the ascension, right? Okay, he's going to tell you in a couple verses that that was after 40 days. But look at what he says. After he was taken up, comma. After he had given. So it's like a flashback. Between the time he was raised and the time he was taken up, some things happened. They're up on the board. Here's the second thing, okay? He had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Tell me how the Holy Spirit is interacting with the apostles exactly. I read the word and I'm like, I don't know what he's saying. I wasn't there. But he's saying, hey, Jesus, now in a glorified body, has been giving commands. You will do this. I need you there through showing up, walking through walls. Is that what it says? No, it says through the Holy Spirit. So through the Holy Spirit, he's telling them some things. And it's the apostles whom he had chosen, so it's the eleven. And then it says this. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days. So he wasn't, didn't like stay with them for 40 days. It wasn't just like he was with them all the time. He like appeared to them. He's like, hey, hey look at my arms. <laughs> look at my feet. Look at my side, you know? He's like, hey, yeah, that's me. You got any fish? I'm hungry. Like, how can you walk through walls with that fish in your stomach? I don't know. <laughs> like, it's, it's a mystery. So what's the third thing? Let's put it on the board. Jesus spoke to them about the kingdom of God. Okay, so that's coming up still. Many proofs over 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying, this could be the theme verse number two, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said... Okay, so this will give you a little clue to what the promise is. You heard from me, I told you, for John baptized with water. We saw that a couple weeks ago on April 11th. That was fun. We should do that again, eh? Who wants to get baptized? Let's just do it. All right, we'll just get the tank here next week and we'll just go again. All right? If you want to get baptized, you come talk to me and we're going to get the tank here because it'll be fun. All right? All right, let's do it. Whom he promised, okay, he says, for John baptized with water, that's a sign that you're saved, but you will be baptized with the 
Holy Spirit, not many days from now. Okay? Baptized means immersed. You're going to get soaking wet with the Holy Spirit. What does that look like? I don't I don't know. That might be different for you than for me. But Jesus is the one doing it. And it'll happen to you. But are we looking for that? Or are we like, no, I'm saved. It's good. I'm all, all good. We're good. So I think that's something that is ringing my bell as well today. So then, verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will we at this time restore, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Did he talk about the kingdom of Israel? Or did he talk about the kingdom of God? Oh, hmm. A little distinction there, huh? These guys are asking about Israel, and he says to them, well, Israel's important, right? No. He says, it's not for you to know the times and seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But stay focused, boys. Verse 8, what does it say? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit or ghost comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This, you will not be able to contain this. It is going to go like wildfire. But you got to wait before it explodes. So church, we're in a series called Stay, Waiting for the Promise. We're waiting for the power. We're waiting for the Holy Spirit. We're waiting for this to pour out so that we might spread like wildfire. Jesus ordered them to wait for the promise. This is what Jesus was doing during his time on earth in his resurrected body. All right. Now, last week, we talked about a passage in John chapter what was it? 20. All right, so take your Bible and flip it one page back to the left. We're going to pick up where we left off. And the title of the message today is Repent and Receive. Repent and Receive. Does anybody remember what the message title was last week? Turn it around already. Thanks, sis. Like, turn it around. You know what? I went home and I was like, yeah, that was good. But you know what? Turn it around gives me this impression like I have to do it. Does it give you that impression? Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Turn it around is like, you can do it! Turn it around! You know? That's, that's not what I'm talking about. So I wanted to come back and be like, hey, turn. The point of the message last week was turn. Turn around, turn to Jesus, just turn. Whatever you're doing now, turn and walk Jesus' way, right? Are you going to do that? you got a choice. Mary had a choice. She could have kept being sad. I don't believe it's you. Uh, you know, no, she, she turned it around, right? She turned the frown upside down. She turned 
And so repent, a turning, and receive. Okay, so we got two passages. I'm going to recap the first one with Mary, because some of you guys were like, Mary, ah, what in the world are you talking about? Who was like that? Come on, tell me. All of our visitors don't want to put their hands up. All right, that was the wrong question. Some of you guys are thinking it. But Mary, verse 11 of chapter 20 of John. John, chapter 20, verse 11, after the resurrection, John saw and believed, verse 8, right above there, then the other disciple, that's John, the writer of the book, who had reached the tomb first, also went in to the tomb, and he saw and what? And he believed. That was John's like, aha moment. Peter already had his. When did he have his? When he was talking to Jesus, and Jesus said, you know, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. It was my Father in heaven when he said, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. That was his declaration of belief. Even before the resurrection, he's like, I believe. John says, I saw and believed. Okay, verse 11. But Mary, Mary Magdalene, stood weeping outside of the tomb. And as she was weeping, she stood to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels. Now we read the word and it's like, "Eh, no big deal. If you saw two angels today, you'd be like, ah! You'd hit the floor. You'd be like, what's going on? These are ginormous, glowing figures in my room. What is happening? She blows right through it. Two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain. One at his head and one at his feet. Good good detail. Why does he say that? Jesus had told them from the Old Testament all the pictures about him. Guess what one of the pictures about him is? The Ark of the Covenant. Where you have a cherubim on one end and a cherubim on the other end. And who's the presence? That's Jesus. This is a picture. They're all over the place. One at his head, one at his feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. So she's in a conversation with angels. Yeah, not every day. And she's just, matter of fact, Do you notice something about this conversation? She doesn't believe. She's looking at angels. And she doesn't believe. Somebody took him away. He didn't raise from the dead. Having said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus. So who turned? She turned, right? So turn it around. Let's do it in the flesh. (laughs) I did it. 
right? She turned around. She did it. (laughs) And she saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener. Now catch this. She said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. But sometime in that phrase, she had gone from here to turning back around. Maybe she was like, oh, I don't want you to see me crying. Maybe she was just like, are those angels still over there? (laughs) I don't know why. But at some point, she wasn't looking at him anymore. How do you know that, Steve? Go ahead and say, how do you know that? All right, well, verse 16 says, Jesus said to her, Mary. He called her by name. Intimate. He said, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. She turned. Does that feel a little different on the turning side? When God calls your name and you turn? Versus when you're like, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to be better. I'll make it happen. Sometimes I feel like going to church is that. I had a horrible week, so I'm just going to get to church because I'll turn it around there. Let me say something. Jesus can turn you around. With church, without church, Jesus can turn you around. When He calls your name, when He says David, listen. And respond. When He calls your name, are you listening? He says, Mary. She's like, Master. And Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me. That was the second point. I'll put them up in a second. For I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father. He's making a connection to my God and your God. He's making a connection. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And that he had said these things to her. Okay, so, repent and receive. The first thing from last week is turn. Turn and repent. So, last week I said, stop being sad. Stop. Stop it. Stop it. What do you say to somebody when they're crying? Stop it! I'm serious. I had some guys from the fellowship come down. Uh, High Point Send Network and uh, our fellowship of churches and a couple of them and, and you know we were recounting some of the things of the past and you know there's some scars and some hurts as a pastor from different things that happened and you know so we were recounting it and they got to like Friday morning I was at dinner with them Thursday and then Friday morning and they're like dude I don't want you to ever talk about that again stop stop talking about that I don't want to hear it. And I was like, okay. 
I don't want to talk about it either, but it kind of feels like it's part of me. Sometimes it hurts, you know? Sometimes it's tender. And in that moment, I didn't feel like they were doing this. But later I was recounting, I was like, I'm still grieving, right? And they're like, stop it! (laughs) Stop it! Stop it! Sometimes we need that, right? Sometimes we need to be woke up and be like, stop it! That's not God. He's alive! He ain't dead! Stop grieving! Start gloating! I don't know. Or giving God glory! So, the first thing we talked about last time was stop being sad and feel the joy. The joy of the resurrection, right? Not just joy because I ate ice cream last night. Like, the joy of the resurrection. So, I said it different. You'll see it on the online bulletin. You don't need to be sad. I say that with a little more affection. Not stop it, but you don't need to be sad, church. So again, I said earlier, like some of you have come in heavy-hearted. And for probably good reasons. Loved ones, in Jesus Christ our Lord, you do not need to be sad today. We don't grieve as those who have no hope. Even if there's a good reason for you to be grieving. We know the joy that we will find at the end of it all. Don't be sad. You don't need to be sad. You can have joy in the resurrected Jesus. Okay? It's right there in your bulletin. Um, Sorrow hinders your ability to think clearly. Sorrow hinders your ability to see clearly. Sorrow uh, hinders your ability to hear clearly. We went over that last time. I'm not going to go over it again. But you could see it in the passage. Like all the things she's doing don't make sense. (laughs) But sorrow does that to us. Okay, the second point from last week, because I just hit it real quick, was stop holding on. Like she's holding on to Jesus' feet, and she's like, stay with us. Don't leave again. He's like, you don't want me to stay. I've already told you why I'm leaving, and that it's for your advantage. I'm giving you something better than me. And by the way, I'm the new improved version of me. I'm not limited anymore like I was before the cross. I'm not laying down attributes anymore. I'm me. I'm restored to who I was when I created this world. That's power. So stop holding on to the old me. Stop holding on to the Jesus that walked the earth. Good miracle maker, you know. Great promise keeper. And make the connection. You're like, what does that mean? Did you? Somebody said to me at the end of last week, like, what, what, what are you, what? That second point, like, I needed a little more information. Like, okay, here it is. Make the connection. You see what Jesus does? He says, I am ascending to my Father and your Father. To my God and your God. I'm plugging in. Wish I had a plug in. Oh, hey, by the way, I do. Right here. What happens if I unplug this? Some of us are living like that. We're going to church. We're doing the right thing. But we are not connected by the Holy Spirit 
And that's what this series is about. The fact that Jesus is trying to connect you to the Father. How was Jesus' connection to the Father on earth? Was it pretty good? Yeah, I'd say good. A lot of miracles going on. A lot of time spent alone. A lot of power coming out. I'd say he was plugged in. And you know what he's trying to say? He's like, don't cling to me. I don't need to be your power cord anymore. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. He's going to plug you in. Boom! There's going to be power. It's going to come alive. You're going to get connected to the Father through the Holy Spirit like I was on the earth. And I know how you feel. I emptied myself of some things. I experienced all the temptations yet without sin. But I'm giving you the same power that lives in me, it lives in you. Now I don't know, I don't I thought I'd get an amen on that. Like, and may it be so in this house. Right? I realize you're thinking, you're trying to catch up. I'm like all there, right? I'm like, let's go. But I'm telling you, what I'm saying makes sense. It's in Scripture, and it's powerful. So don't forget to make that connection. Okay, That's why He sends the Holy Spirit. Don't cling. So here, let me say it the nice way. You like it when I preach nicer? Not stop holding on, but make the connection. But you don't need to hold on to Jesus anymore, church. I mean, He's, he's holding on to you. You now have access to your Father through the payment of Jesus, the blood payment, and the partnership of the Holy Spirit. And He's your senior partner, right? It's not like a 50-50 deal where you're like, eh, well, I got to vote, you got to vote. It's like, hey, could you be like the senior partner? I'll be the like junior partner. You tell me what to do and I'll do it and we'll go where you want to go, Right? Not like sometimes when I'm trying to do this Holy Spirit thing, I'm like, hey God, I got a long agenda. Like, just come with me today. Or, hey God, just stay here. I'm going to take care of a few things. I'll be back. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Has anybody felt like that? Like you left God in your Bible on the nightstand? I'm just being real today. The problem with all these things, and if you flip over to Mark, I'm not going to do it for lack of time, but if you flip over to Mark, Mark's like the heavy hitter, right? He's like, doom, 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 and he's really quick. Story, 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 right? Every one of these stories, do you know what he wraps it up with? Unbelief. You don't believe. And Jesus comes to them, and he basically rebukes them and says, why don't you believe? What's wrong? I'm seeing a lot of blank stares. Sorry. Okay, John, uh, I just, you got to know this. So I'll just flip over to Mark quick and give it to you real quick. Mark 16. Afterward, he appeared to another two of them, right? He walking in the country and then he went back and he told them, but they did not believe them. Verse 14, Mark 16, 14. 
Afterward, he appeared to the eleven of them, uh, eleven themselves, as they were reclining at table, and he, the word is rebuked. He's like, "You guys are doing it wrong. You need to turn. You need to repent, and you need to do it the other way, which is to receive." Right. So he says, he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe. They had not believed. Those who saw him, that he had risen from the dead. And he said to them, go into all the world, proclaim the gospel you know, to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Some strong language. We'll get back to that another day. Unbelief is the thing he rebukes. And so that might be the thing we need to repent of. Okay, so the first point was repent to turn, right? 180. You don't have to be sad. You can choose joy. God's given you everything you need for life and godliness. The second thing was you don't have to cling to the old Jesus, right? The one that was here on the earth for a little while and then died. Now, through the payment of that Jesus, our, our Lord and Savior, and through the partnership of the Holy Spirit, you can be connected to the Father. Woo! That's amazing. All right. Now the second thing is to receive. So, not only turn, but to take. All right, now, I've spoken a long time. There's an illustration I've been waiting for. So, I have two presents. Anybody want presents? These are actually for a couple in our church who had a baby, and this is baby gifts. And, but, but anybody want to role play with me? Come on now. Who wants to do it? Tate's looking at me like I ain't coming up. Andrew, you want to help me? Come on up. All right. Andrew, with a little hoaxing, is coming up. All right, so here's the thing. Andrew, we talk about take, receive, right? If I were to give this to you, you could take it or you can leave it. That's your choice. But I'm giving it to you, right? So if I give it to him, he can what? Take it or leave it. He doesn't have to take it. It's a gift. I'm going to give it to him. But he could take it or leave it. Is that clear? All right. So I'm going to give you the gift of salvation. Okay? You could take it or leave it. What do you want? Okay, he receives it. Right? He receives it. Okay, now I'm going to give you a gift. I want to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. You could take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. Like, so... Would you like to receive it? Now, what happens if I'm like this, and he reaches out his hand, and he slaps it away? Go ahead. I mean, that's kind of happened sometimes, right? It's like, I'm already saved. What do I need the Holy Spirit for? Well, I mean, like, what the, what the world? I'm going to heaven. I got my ticket punched. And so I'm like, no, no, this, this is a gift. I want you to have it. I'm going to slap it away again. I mean... Think about how God feels. Try it one more time. 
Just for effect. I hope this still works. I'm going to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's good. That was perfect. No, this is good. This is good. Thank you. Thank you. He's good at this. He's good at this. You're going to be in more illustrations. I can tell already. He's like, oh, man, I shouldn't have been so good. The point is we receive, right? We take it. The word receive, right? Literally, the word receive, I, I went to the Greek and I was like, okay, let, let me understand what he's saying here because this is a really important word, right? So here's what it means. To take, to receive, to accept, to come to believe, to grasp, to seize, to take away. Last thing, to have a longing for. I'm looking at this and I'm going, woo! Let me read the passage for you. Verse 19, John 20, verse 19. Just picking up where we left off last week. On the evening of that day. What day is it? Anybody, Bible scholars? What day is it? On the evening of that day. It's Resurrection Sunday. Still the same day. Must be a real long day for Jesus. First he rose from the dead. Then he ascended to the Father. Then he came down. He showed himself to Peter. We don't have any evidence of that other than it says it a couple times in the Bible. No record of it. wonder what he said. Ooh, can't wait to get to heaven. Think there'll be a library there? Or maybe we'll just sit down with Jesus and ask him. And then he walks to Emmaus with two guys. And then all of a sudden he's like transported back to Jerusalem to the upper room. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked. Where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Why were they afraid of the Jews? Matthew chapter 28 tells us that the the guards went back into town and they were scared out of their mind. And the religious leader said, hey, just say that they, uh, the disciples took them. That's what you should say. How much do you think is uh, the warrant for that arrest? Think they're looking for them? Well, they're scared. We know that from the Bible. For fear of the Jews, the religious leaders, Jesus came. Aren't you glad that Jesus doesn't leave you alone? He came and he stood among them and he said to them, peace be with you. Now, this peace isn't shalom. This isn't like the standard greeting. This is a different form of peace. It's not just hello. It's peace. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. They saw for the first time his glorified body with holes. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. What happened? They stopped weeping. They stopped being afraid. And they were like, 
Yee-hee! Let's go! Jesus said to them, again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. So the first day of the 40, he says, I'm sending you. He doesn't say go. He just says, I'm sending you. It's going to happen. And when he had said this, I'm sending you, church. When he had said that, here's what he did. He breathed on them. I hope he had good breath. Being dead for three days? That could be bad. Now, I make fun. I don't think it's about the breath right now. I think it's about what he's doing. What is that? What am I blowing out? It's wind. In chapter 3 of John, it's breath in Genesis 2. Does God have lungs? He's a spirit. You ever thought about that? Genesis chapter 2, you're like, oh, God must have had some lungs. He blew into the dirt and he's like, I'm going to make man. He breathed on them or into them, right? And said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Is that clear? He said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. And then he says this, which is like, the Holy Spirit's powerful, but this is, this is insane. This is a lot of authority, this is a lot of power. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now, I don't know about you. When I read that verse, I like want to run. I don't want to be in charge of who's getting saved and who's not. I don't want to say, you're forgiven, you're not. That's God's job. There's a lot of authority there. Now, you've got to knit the Scriptures together. I don't think he's saying, I get to decide whether Pastor Bob is saved or not. Right? You're forgiven. Right? <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's saying that. I think he's saying, hey, disciples, you're going to know, right? You're going to bless those who are deserving of a blessing, who are turning from their sins and receiving my Holy Spirit. And you're going to be like, what in the world? Why are you not <laughs> repenting and receiving? Why are you not coming to him? I think of church discipline, that's a whole other topic, but you know, there are some times when you have to like say to somebody who's living in sin, no, don't do that, right? Somebody wants to leave their wife, go do whatever they want to do, you're like, no, 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 no. That's not Jesus in you. Don't do that. I think of the whole withholding as like, hey, stop doing that. All right. Repent and receive. Turn and take. We're on the taking part. There's two things here. Receive Jesus. 
Was that clear in the passage? He came through the locked door to get him. But if they wouldn't have taken the first present, if they would have been like, you know, it's not you, we don't believe, how would that have gone? Well, he made it clear, didn't he? I am who I say I am. I died and have risen again. Because if he didn't make it clear, they wouldn't have been happy. Can you receive that by faith? Next week we'll get to the fact that you haven't seen it and still will believe. And blessed are you. But others have seen. And they've testified to the fact that it's true. Have you received Jesus? Literally, have you believed that Jesus rose from the dead bringing you peace? Jesus rose from the dead to bring you peace. Alright, the second thing. Receive Holy Spirit. Do you see what he does here? He says, Receive the Holy Spirit. You know the one I talked about in John 14, 15, 16? The one I prayed into your life in John 17? That the connection would be made? Receive the Holy Spirit. Did they receive it then? It doesn't say. I mean, I don't know. Did they receive it then? Or did they like whack the present? Maybe if they would have received it right then, Pentecost would have happened right then. Maybe. I don't know. There's some things we don't know. My best take, and God is sovereign, so He can do whatever He wants. We're all clear on that? We have a choice, but it fits inside of His sovereign will. My best guess, I wasn't there. And this is why. My best guess is that they did receive the Holy Spirit and practiced communing with the Holy Spirit. And in doing that, there came dynamite. There came a powerful outflowing of the Holy Spirit in Acts 2. You're like, well, how did you get that, Steve? Remember I said I got my bell rung? Acts chapter 1 says, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. How's he going to give commands through a Holy Spirit that's been blocked? It's been not taken, but trashed. How's he going to do that? Is he going to force the Holy Spirit on him? No. So I submit to you my best guess 
from what I read in Scripture, is that they received the Holy Spirit that day. And they began to use the Holy Spirit to communicate with the Father. And in doing that, he exploded on the scene. The first point of today's message is receive Jesus. The reason you won't receive Jesus is because of fear. He might change my life. He might ask me to have no fun. He might want to do something I don't want to do. Fear is a liar. An absolute liar. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of sound mind or self-control. God loves you. He wants to give you power. Can you think in a sound way with a sound mind about that? Number two, receive Holy Spirit. And I would just add this to that. When you receive the Holy Spirit, the focus will be on forgiveness. Do you see what he says right after that? He says, receive the Holy Spirit. Then he makes a beeline for forgiveness. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you withhold forgiveness from any, they are withheld. I want to wrap this this way. I'm a little Jesus. I'm his disciple. Jesus taught me everything I know. How do you think I'm going to act when it comes to forgiveness? Do you think I should forgive someone they wrong me? Or do you think I should withhold it as a little Christ, as a little disciple of Jesus? You think Jesus wants me to forgive my enemies? My mom and dad who did that thing to me or my neighbor who ticks me off and my coworker who, yeah, got to get a clue. I think it's clear in scripture the way Jesus treats people and the way we should treat people because we're to be like him. I don't think there's going to be a lot of withholding forgiveness. From anyone. Does that make sense? Because Jesus doesn't, he's not withholding, he's giving. I think the point is will you take it? Will you receive it? Do you want forgiveness today? So we have communion. Let's end with that. I'm going to have the band come up. Hopefully that's working now. Here, let me turn it on for you. Oh, hey, it's on. Woohoo! Let's take this, let's finish our time together singing a song, going out with shouts of joy. Two questions I have for you. As we focus on forgiveness, do you have anything you need to be forgiven for? If you're a good church kid like me, 
Maybe you're like, no, I'm, I'm good. I mean, literally. I'm not just playing around. Can you think of a sin in the last 24 hours? Or like, well, no, just, those are respectable sins. You didn't kill anybody. That's the problem with church people. They have a hard time finding their own fault. They can look at other people, the world, and be like, no, oh, they're a mess. This place is a mess. But they don't look at their own life and say, I'm a mess. And you know what? The reason is because we're a bunch of church people around them that if we say we're a mess, they're going to be all like, what? What's wrong with you? Can we just be a mess together? I mean, can we just be like, hey, I'm a mess. You're a mess too. I love you in your mess. Will you love me in my mess? <laughs> Ask forgiveness. So, have you received or accepted Jesus as the payment for your sin? I just ask you. It's a yes or no question. You either have or you haven't. You can today. That's point one. You either have or you haven't. Maybe today, just by faith, as we take this, you want to just say, I receive you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Your blood. Your body. Then second question I have for you is, have you received or accepted Holy Spirit as your partner in life? Are you trying to do life on your own? Remember what I said last time? How many, how many Christians are living in defeat? No victory over sin. They're just doing it their own way. Sure, I'm saved. I have Jesus, but it's miserable. There's no joy here. There's a lot of sorrow. There's a lot of fear. Why? Because the second point is just as real as the first. Have you received, accepted the Holy Spirit as your partner in life? Have you asked the Holy Spirit to come? Jesus said He'd freely give. Father will send. I will ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit to you. All right. You guys play. We're going to take a second. God, we can't help but exult in those words. You alone conquered death. One fail swoop. Kick Satan in the teeth and destroyed any claim he has on us. We now live in freedom and in power through Jesus' blood and name. As we walk out of here today, Lord, give us the Holy Spirit. Give us the power that you say you'll give so that we can live according to your word. We want to go out forgiving people. Forgiving people that have hurt us. Forgiving people that haven't even met us and will offend us with something they say on Facebook or any other place this week. We want to forgive in Jesus' name because we are freely forgiven 
in Jesus' name. So God, send us out as lights burning for you. May we not be able to walk out of here and walk into a conversation without mentioning how important you are to us. May it be on our face and on our lips, in our mind and in our heart. May our hands and our feet, whatever they find to do, be for you, passionately so, this week. We love you, God, because you first loved us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You are loved.